Welcome to No Shame in the Home Game, the podcast that cares how your home feels, not looks. I'm Lacey, your co-host, who loves support. Here with Sarah, my delightful co-host, who I feel like always gives me so much support. So hello, Sarah. Well, it's like a hug. I give you support, but I feel like I'm getting support. It, it's perfect and wonderful and balanced. And yeah, it goes both it ways. Well, today we're talking about our expert episode that we did last with Sadie Higgins, who I think you could tell we both just adore. And really the topic of support, which is something that Sarah and I have been talking about a whole heck of a lot lately. Yes. you. I don't think you can get enough support. That's not true. I was just like, yeah, if you got too much, then your feet would never touch the ground. You'd lose your muscle. You could be supported so much that you're not like growing as an individual. But yeah, I think we could, I think everyone right now could use more support in their life in one way, shape or form. So I think everyone will be able to relate. Yeah. One thing that, you know, when I think about support is when I got sick and I use that term very loosely, but kind of when I went through my illness, life changing stuff, I learned how much people want to give support, but I have no idea. Honestly, it was a lesson to me of like how much I sucked at giving support before. I know I shouldn't judge myself and all that stuff. Just the amount of times that I was like thinking about helping someone, but then never did or reaching out. And it's support is complex and messy and but it's so awesome when it happens and it's so cool when it works. And that's really where a lot of things started is that I was getting so much support from Sarah as my business accountability partner. And I just wanted other people in the world to get the support. And that's been what No Shame in the Home Game started as. And a little preview to something we'll talk about later, a more that we're going to be expanding into. I completely agree. There's such an interesting dance and I don't know why it is, but I felt it when I became a mom, not wanting to ask for mm-hmm. support. But like you said, everyone wants to share it, but somehow nobody wants to ask for it. And it's this whole mismatch that when you zoom out, it just doesn't make sense. And looking back, look at discomfort periods in your life as opportunities to learn and grow. And there's this one discomfort opportunity in my life where I look back and I think, That was all about me learning how to ask for help. I wouldn't have suffered as long if I would have known how to ask. And so, yes, I love showing up for people and figuring out how do I wiggle my way in. I think that's really funny because I've actually been thinking about Sadie's sister-in-law. We're going to do a little sidebar. My life has been a particular shit show more than normal, which like I just feel like I don't even know. I know that I feel like we say this all the time. Like, my life is chaos. Literally, me and Joe's story was the bridge of chaos. But this past week, I have lovingly called and not so lovingly called the week from hell. Because as listeners know, we have Andy, my dog. He passed away. We had to put him to sleep because of an illness that he had rather unexpectedly last weekend. And then my entire family proceeded to get sick. Like, the sickest I've ever seen them sick. Joe's the saddest I've ever seen him and the sickest I've ever seen him. I have a chronic illness and I'm sick. My children are sick. My doer is sick. And basically, we have all been in survival mode in the most intense way that I think I've ever experienced in my life. 
And so I needed a lot of support. And I just have had a couple moments of magical support that I want to share. Let's see here. Last Friday, we Joe was taking Indy to MedVet. My friends, Katie and Alex, shout out to Alex. We all know Alex from season one. We're here visiting to see the new house. Alex had her baby with her and her daughter, Babs. And I started to feel really not well. Joe had to come home and get Indy to the med vet, all these different things. And there was just a moment where I was laying on the couch and I could hear Katie feeding my children for me. I heard her like with, oh, I'm going to cry. I heard her with Isaac and Iris and Babs because Babs is around Iris's age. And Isaac was like helping make the sandwiches and she was getting him involved. And I just had this moment. Oh, this is what support feels like. This is what support feels like when people are giving and receiving at the same time and in, in a way that's so necessary. And I just want that magic for other people because, it. yes, I was worried about my dog. I felt like crap. But I felt so loved and supported in that moment. Because not only that, my mom was coming over to help. It just was like this moment of like virgins on our household. And some of it was just happenstance that Katie and Alex were already on their way. I just, I would have never asked for any of that. Then the next day, Joe came down after talking to the vet and learning that we have to go and make the decision to put Indy to sleep. And he got about two words in and I said, hold on. And I called my mom and I said, mom, I need you to come here. And she said, now. And I said, no. And she said, okay. And she hung up and was on her way. And then Joe and I made a plan. And I just don't think I would have been able to do any of those things a year ago. Because I would have not accepted that support. I would have felt like I had to die on a hill of strength or whatnot. First of all, thank you for sharing. I'm glad you had the support and I'm glad you received mm -hmm. the support. And I'm so curious because I have it. I see it in other people. You have it. What is that resistance? What is that brick wall that we all bang our heads against <laughs> thinking, I can't ask for help. I shouldn't ask for help. I shouldn't receive help even if somebody's offering help. Like, is it that American individualism I can do anything because when you think about it, like we came from villages, like small communities where you knew everybody. That's what we came from. <laughs> that's how we that's how we evolved. And then we and then somehow we grew out of it, even though we still need it. I, so I will say a few days later, our house was in the survival that of all survival modes. And I didn't want to call my mom up. Because I felt like I had already taken too much. And so something that I know is something for me that I need to figure out is this: there's this like magical formula of when it's okay to ask for help or accept help. And looking back now, I'm like, oh my God. We were all like just zombies walking around our house. That's not true. One kid was always not a zombie, which always just like if everybody could have been just straight zombies all the time together, we'd be fine. But no. Either Isaac or Iris was fine, and uh, Isaac actually was very helpful. I want to make sure that that's out in the world, that he was very helpful, very sweet. I was just two, so she was like, what are you guys doing? Let me climb on you. Anyway, so for me, I don't want to feel like a burden to people. And so there's this, like, imaginary line in my head that I'm constantly trying to ebb and be in next to, because now I know that people want to help, so I will accept and ask for help. But... I don't want to take advantage of that. 
So at what point am I taking advantage of that? Because we all know, we all have that person or that thing that you're like, that's a person taking advantage. I never want to be. And so I think for me, it's that element of overcorrection. I completely agree. And I don't think it's any one thing, but I think you've pointed to one of many things. It's that seeing you don't want to be Mm -hmm. that person. And you're right. We all know that person. And I just think of the relationship I have with my neighbor who's a daily dose of support. Um, We support one another. And early on, it just became this thing where we had to have a conversation. So I think the element is trust. We had a conversation. If I ever ask you something and you honestly don't have the time, energy, or bandwidth, I'm going to trust that you're going to tell me now that you're not going to say yes out of obligation. And we both were agreed. We said, yep. And we have. Sometimes we're like, I I just can't today, whatever it is. So I think that's part of the asking is saying to somebody, hey, I need help with this. If you aren't able to today, please don't feel obligated. But if you're available to. Sarah, something just like in my brain. So one of the things that I've learned. (laughs) In a good way? Wait, in a good way? Yeah. That can be a bad thing. It's in a good way and then I made a connection, but it's like over something. Is it like sad. one of the things gotcha, that gotcha. I have become passionate in my illness is how little we provide any support for people with disability in this country. I lost my job because I couldn't work like I was before. And there was no financial opportunity for me from external sources other than my immediate family. Joe and I buckled down and that kind of stuff. But I was the person earning more in our household, all these different things. And it just made me realize that our system here in America is set up to keep bad people out instead of let good people in. And as you were just talking, like, our whole system is untrusted. We don't believe you. You need help. So immediately we put up the gates so that people don't get it. And it's so funny to say that because as I, I was explaining it to somebody, I was like, I would rather give $100 Knowing that one person is maybe going to unlawfully take $1 or $2 of that, but know that other $98 is going to one or two people who need it. And so I think this idea of trust with support is so, so important. And I had never really put that together on on a big or small scale before. Uh, there's so many... There's so many elements. I was thinking of this other element with another neighbor where she had a lot going on, way too much on her plate. Me and the other neighbor stepped up to take some things off. And that neighbor immediately replied with, I'm going to do A, B, C, D to make it up. And we both said, no, it's not tit for tat. We know you will support us when we need it, but you don't have to. There's no debt. Like you don't have to repay us. And I think I grew up with, I think I felt that anxiety of if somebody does something nice for me, I have to immediately turn around and do something nice back. And so maybe part of that whole asking for support and giving support is knowing it's not linear. There's no balance Mm -hmm. sheet, right? Like the support might come from somebody else. It may not come directly from that person. And it's trusting that it's all going to balance out. Have you ever had somebody, I'm thinking about this now who you don't trust, but they want to give you support. And so you don't want to take their support. Because now I'm realizing like, oh, there's some people that like offer support. And I'm like, no, your support comes with things that I don't. Yes. Either strings Mm -hmm. attached 
which I'm not interested in because it will be more exhausting. I also know of people who offer empty Mm -hmm. words. They leap up and they're saying they want to do it because they want that visual. But then I know that because of past, they have yet to follow through with any of those for myself. or And it's one of those things where I'm not going to tell that person no, but it's like, yeah, sure. I guess if you come through, then I'll believe it when I see it. But yeah, you start to learn who to trust. Karma by Taylor Swift is just hanging out in my head now. Karma's my boyfriend, like kind of the bad side. You put out bad, bad will come back to you. But I like the idea of thinking about support as this kind of equal weight measure of the more support that you put out in the world, the more support you get, which as we've talked about, you get in a lot of different ways. Like when I support you, I feel good. And when you support me, you feel good. And so then it's so mutually beneficial, like a hug when you get when you get one. But there's also some sneaky ways that the universe may give you support back. If you love No Shame in the Home Game, we want to hear about it. Take a few moments today and give us a five-star review on your podcasting platform of choice. This helps others find the show so we can help everyone feel good in their home. So I'm reading this book by Deepak Chopra. I always have to slow down when I say his name. It's about abundance, and he's talking about some principles in Eastern philosophy that I'm not as familiar with. And there was this, he keeps talking about it's like caring about the greater good of the whole Mm -hmm. over the greater good of the individual, which can seem like a very simple concept. But what we were just talking about, I think it connects nicely, where you realize if you're supporting others and you're supporting the whole, you are inadvertently supporting yourself. And I love that picture. I'm not just doing it for you. I'm doing it for the greater good of if everyone extended a kindness, it would magnify. I used to hear about in the news where you'd be in line at some drive through coffee place and the person in front would pay for yeah. the order and back and pay for the order and back. And like, oh my goodness, yes, just like acts of kindness like that. I saw, I have to bring this up. It's not totally related, but on threads, there's this account. She said, I just want to say to people, sometimes the smallest act of kindness can make the biggest impact and it costs nothing. And she told this unbelievable story about how it was during COVID. She had sepsis and she was in the hospital all by herself. And she was getting all these injections, but she had become hysterical because she was just, she was beyond herself at that moment. And this nurse was trying to do her job and this cleaning lady walked by and saw and just put everything down and came in and just held her hand. And she's like, I think about that person every day. And she's like, she didn't have to do it, but it meant the world to me. Oh my goodness. Like that tiny act of support. That reminded me of like, even when you see that, act, if you're not a person involved, you get something out of it. So um, I will never forget. I used to take the bus, the metro in Cincinnati every single day from where I lived to downtown, which is something I had never done before. I grew up in suburbia and all these different things. And so it was definitely an awakening for me in some ways of actually being exposed to the world and being less ignorant and that kind of thing. And yes, do I have a story about a one time where a man pulled out a knife and 
told me all about his knife and how it was a really good deal if I wanted to go buy one. And I mean, he did ask me if he could get the knife out and look at it. And I was like, I guess. So there some things there. As long as you don't stab me with it, I would love to see your knife. Literally a moment later, a clown got on the bus. So I still feel like that oh may have been a dream. I know it wasn't, but maybe it was. That <laughs> is an experience on the bus. But I also had an experience where there was a girl who got on the bus every day. I would say maybe she was like eight or nine. Her backpack had a broken zipper. And every day I would see the broken zipper. Another man on the bus gave her a backpack. He didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want fanfare. He was just like, here's a backpack. And she was like, what? And she was like, your zipper's been broken. I know it has. Here's your backpack. That is like a canon moment in my life to see such giving kindness. I joke. My support is also a little bit of like a theatrical I'm a bit effusive when it comes to like, oh, my gosh, how are you doing this? You're doing this. You know what I mean? And here was this man who was an older man in his like 60s or 50s or 60s. And he just was like, you need this backpack. Here's a backpack. We're never going to talk about this again. And I was just a 19, 20 year old girl sitting on the bus being like, that's the coolest thing I think I may have ever seen. And I've carried that with me. It's been, what, 10, 15 years since then. And I still think about that when I think about kindness and support. So I think when we do give that support and put that ripple out into the world, you just never know who else sees it. And that helps them too. That highlights so many points of he didn't do that expecting anything in return. No, as a matter of fact, I think that man, if he ever knew that I saw about it and I'm talking about it now 15 years later, he would, I won't give you the bus line. I won't. But, like, there's no identifying features here. <laughs> But same thing of just the ripple. We have no idea how she carried that kindness yeah. forward in her day. We have no idea how that kindness affected you. And now you're telling that story and how it might affect others. Reading that story that woman posted on threads affected mm -hmm. me. And so, again, it's just these drops in, in the bucket. And I think what's so noticeable is that kindness, kindness makes a big difference, but it's so much more subtle. And for somebody to be unkind, whether they're having a bad day or there's a genuine a-hole, maybe they've got some, something stuck in the bottom of their foot. I don't know. But one act of unkindness oddly has a bigger ripple effect and actually, to me, stops the joy ripples. So it's so interesting. I feel as though... It's more of a slow and steady for the joy ripples. I used to serve tables. and oh, I'm sure you see some bunk ripples. So I worked on a cruise ship. It was an interesting dynamic. So you got to see the same people for five, seven, or 10 days. One, sometimes it was 14, but usually seven was the average. So you got to see the same people over and over. You began to see just the type of people they were, not like, oh, it was yeah. one off. By the midweek, you knew who you wanted at your table and who you did not want at your table. And what I noticed after serving so many tables is that the number of just like neutral tables or positive tables was actually proportionally higher to the negative passengers or negative tables. But at the end of the night, your mood, if there was one table that was on your back, your mood would be turned because of that one table, not because of the five who were kind or neutral. The one table 
would flip your mood for the rest of the day. I've, I've always tried to keep aware of that and not letting that one unkind thing upend. Because I, that's just part of my problem. I'm a people oh, pleaser. Preach, preach, preach. <laughs> the older I get, the less I am, which I'm very excited about. So you got that in your future. So I'm very excited about not caring as much and realizing some people are just the way they are. But that's a that's different, a different I'm I'm in therapy and I'm working on some trauma. And at the root of most of my stuff is I care so much about what other people think of so much. And so there's I just so you. many times where it's like, oh, this is about what other people think about me. Yes. Yep, it is. Okay. Let's figure this out. All right. <laughs> Wish you could take on that that Beyonce level of Sasha Fierce, where you have an alternate personality who receives all of that. I mean, Joe like, and I have joked about it. So there was a show on, I don't remember the name of the show, and I feel so bad, but there was a character named Lacey. She was like a love interest, which, first of all, anytime there's a Lacey, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but it, there was an older brother who was a dumb one. And they were talking about something, and he was like, don't worry, I know that her full name is Lysandra. And so now, Joe and I will joke every once in a while if I get a little extra sassy that that's my Lysandra coming. Lysandra has been met a time or two, but she doesn't really come out that often. But can Lysandra take on that people-pleasing part? We'll see. I will say Lysandra was out recently when our house was valued way less than we thought it was, and then I knew it wasn't, and like all this stuff. My, for listeners, <laughs> my finger is going to town. About <laughs> lots of pointing and anger, so the, it's usually an injustice where she comes out. It's not necessary, okay. and okay. not like true injustice in the world. Unfortunately, it's petty, <laughs> really inconsequential justices. Sandra is going to fix it, so I'll work on channeling her into better places. I'm a little tired, Sarah. I say that and I say it to our listeners because one thing that I know Sarah and I, that's really important to us is to be authentic and that kind of stuff. And if you don't mind, Sarah, I'm just going to jump into joyful support movement. That's okay. You've heard us talk about support. And I think something that she and I found in our partnership is this idea that support can be so joyful and that by giving and receiving support and having it come from a joyful place, your life, even if it's a shit show, feels better. And there are a lot of different parts of it. Sarah did a great job of getting into actions you can take, those kinds of things. But at the heart of it, it's this idea that we can take the power to own and accept the difficult things around us. But by sharing our stories, by supporting one another, by finding joy in our everyday, you can take a little bit better step out of the life hole. And we can help other people do the same thing. It's no secret that I love a piece of technology. But I really love when a piece of technology can combine multiple different facets of my life and make it easier. That's what Notion is for me. Notion is an all-in-one workspace where you can organize your thoughts, tasks, you can share. There's so much that you can do within Notion. You can head to joyfulsupportmovement.com backslash Notion and sign up today.
And so me sharing authentically, like, I'm tired right now and is important because it's me sharing where I'm at. We are not shiny, sparkly, perfection people. We are in the trenches as well. But we feel like there is something special here that we just want other people to be a part of. And so that's really where the joyful support movement comes from. And yeah, I'll let you jump in. I feel like I just went on like a soapbox. Oh, no, I think it's beautiful. I was just reflecting about how we have been exploring this idea for months. And when I see people, when I bump into people and they'll say, oh, what have you been up to? And I'll say, oh, no, my regular work. And I'm like, but I'm working on this new thing and I'll give them the gist of it. And I say, we don't exactly have the structure for it. We're not exactly sure what it looks like. But every single person just says, yes, I want that. They don't even really know what it looks like or anything. But I just would say, where do you show up authentically as yourself when things aren't going great and you don't want to burn out your friends and you don't want somebody to tell you it's going to be okay and you don't want somebody to just put a silver lining on it? What do you do? What do you do when you're by yourself and you don't have anyone to share it with and you don't have maybe any kind of community like church or work or neighbors? Where do you go with that? And I love that we saw a void and we're creating something. And I really, for me, I had a time in my life where I abused alcohol and I really wasn't sure if I was an alcoholic. And I was, I danced around going to AA a lot. I will say for listeners listening right now, I have a healthy relationship with alcohol at the moment. I am not concerned about that. It doesn't mean I won't have an unhealthy relationship at another point in time in my life. But the more I learned about AA and got into it, like learning about it, I just loved this idea. I can show up and say what's happening and no one's going to look at me sideways. Like they're going to listen to my story. It goes back to Deb mm -hmm. and the listening. Like just somebody's just going to hold space for me to cry or yell. And I just thought, oh my goodness, that would feel so good. And didn't need to go to the space because I was able to pull myself out of it. But I always had that feeling of, where can I go that has that space? Sometimes going to a therapist is exactly what you need, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes you just want to share. You call up a girlfriend or a friend and say all this stuff, and then you say, oh, I'm so sorry. Just dumped that on you. I'm so sorry I vented. And you apologize for, your, for what's going on. And it's like, okay, so sometimes you can't go to your friends because they've got their own stuff too. But again, it's just like, but you still need to get it out there. If I'm honest, I've needed this in my life. If we've got two members who are very satisfied, very <laughs> passionate about this. And I think it's important to know, like, I, I get the impression that Sarah has a really strong support network of friends in her day-to-day -day life. I know I have friends in my day-to-day -day life who would let me show up with anything and they would take that on. But as I've said before, my life is a shit show right now. And so I feel like anytime I go to someone and I'm like, well, this is what happened today. It doesn't feel good because I feel like I'm making them responsible for it. And they're not. I think there's just different types of friendships and different types of supports and that kind of thing. And that I could go to Alex at any time because you all know Alex. I'll use her as an example. 
anytime with everything that's going on. She will give me great advice, awesome support, all of those different things. Alex also has a new, you have heard, she's had a baby. She's got kids. She's got dogs. She's got all these things going on. And I want to give her the opportunity to be there for me. But I also don't think that she needs to know that this past week, like, I have disliked my husband more than I think I've ever liked him because of everything that's been going on in our life. You know what I mean? Like, I want her to love Joe as much as I love Joe. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, and it complicates it when you don't want that person to feel influenced by what you're sharing and exactly what you're saying about other people have stuff going on. I suffered a loss and was in deep grief. That actually is when the abusing alcohol was layered on top. And I remember in my head, I had this six-month mark. Can't call my friends and cry about this at six months anymore. They I, they don't want to hear it at six months. I did eventually stop calling it. I did. And I was fine after a while too. But I remember feeling as though there was a ticking mm. clock. I'm not allowed to feel this because I can't share this. And then you just start stuffing it, stuffing it and drinking. I think what's important and I think what I think people need to hear is it's a space with specific parameters. None of us are therapists. I hope that therapists would join the group and be there as their own selves. It is a space for sharing. It is a space for showing up as you are. It is not mental health counseling. It is not as someone who's a professional. We're working to make instruction. Okay? That we all are there and knowing what it's about. So we all have the same expectations for each other. And I think that's the magic yes. of it is with some of these other friendships, you don't want to make them seem transactional. So you don't want to be like, hey, Sarah, I need you to show up for me once a week and I need you to do this and this and at this point. Because it should, they should not be that way. They should be more amorphous. You should be having conversations about what you need and how you need it and that kind of thing. And so I think that's the beauty of it is it is a very specific place. It's a joyful place. So even though bad stuff is happening and we can re recognize bad stuff is happening, we can also still be happy during the moment. A few weeks ago, Sarah was like, I was a little depressed. And then Sarah and I laughed for like 10 minutes because of just the absurd, <laughs> not the absurdity of her being depressed. I don't know if it was just this moment of relief, but it was just sharing. And there was joy in the sharing of the bad and the heart. Because when you share things, it takes the pressure and the weight yes. off. When we hold things, that's when the longer you hold them, the heavier they get, the more isolated you feel, the darker it feels. When you share it, it becomes lighter. It loses its strength and power. And I have this expression I've been saying for years, which is, and I'm going to swear, so if anyone has kids listening, we all have to eat shit sandwiches. That is life. Lacey has many shit sandwiches lined up at the moment. And we have all either previously eating one or going to eat one. You can't get it out of it. But I always say a friend can't eat it for you, but they can sit next to you and say, do you want some mayonnaise? Would you like a soda? Do you want me to make you laugh while you eat that sandwich? Like you, there's no getting around it. You have to eat it. But I can be here with you while you do it because I've done it and I know how much it sucks. And I'll help you like do it. And we'll get through it. And I go back to another example of us starting this was Sarah from season one, participant Sarah, talked about being deep mm -hmm. in the life hole. And at any given time, you can be at the bottom of the hole, you can be halfway up the hole, you can be at the top of the hole. But if you bring together a bunch of people who are at different places, 
So pick a metaphor. How deep in the hole are you or how many shit sandwiches do you have? Pick whichever one resonates with you. But if you bring a, together a bunch of people who understand that they can respect sharing where they are, helping others where they are. For me, I just know it feels so huge to not feel alone. And I grew up at a time where you don't talk about mental health. I couldn't tell people I was depressed. It was, I had to hide my medications. It was shameful. You didn't say you were going to counseling. Like it was very shameful. But to be able to say to you like, Oh, I thought I was pissed off. I was actually depressed. Like, it's funny. Maybe it's just your intonation, Sarah. I don't know. I just love it because it's just, <laughs> it just makes me giggle. I mean, it's, you can't get through this life without discomfort. But if you can find somebody to laugh about that discomfort with when you're ready, when you're ready to laugh about it, man, does it feel better. It doesn't last as long. It doesn't hurt as bad. It's still going to hurt, but it. It's just it's going to it's just going to feel a little bit easier. So I'm super excited. And so the Joyful Support Movement is what it's called. And No Shame in the Home Game is a aspect of the Joyful Support Movement. We're building our website and all those things. I think No Shame in the Home Game, I think, really highlights the steps, like the practical steps part of the Joyful Support Movement. So not only is it a place to authentically be yourself, to find joy, to recognize and share your story. But it's also a place to be like, you know what? I want to get out of this life hole a little bit. What's a practical step I can take? Because I can tell you right now, that is one of the things, first things I learned when I was having issues with anxiety. Uh, what's just one thing you can do? The smallest thing. And for me last week, it was get out of bed. There was literally a time where I'm like, if I can just get up and go to the bathroom, I will have nailed this. And I did. And then I did feel better. And so that taking a step in practicality, I think, also helps it be less of a bitching space, but a place of being able to try to push and move forward. So we're developing a free course because we want anybody to be able to take these lessons that Sarah and I are putting together into this structure and live it out in the world. We're going to have a community. We're going to call it the Joyful Support Village, where you can come and actually do joyful support together. No shame, the home game is going to continue under joyful support movement. Sharing the middle is actually going to move and become under the joyful support movement, which makes me very happy. Uh, we have some maybe other cool things coming up too that's going to be a part of the movement. So we're just, I also just get the biggest boost of joy to be able to say, hi, I'm Lacey. I'm the co-founder of the joyful support movement. Oof. Sarah said that to me the other day. It's just like, oh, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. So now I'm saying it as much as I can. That just is the most beautiful sentence to be able to say that myself. Yeah, I love it. And again, we've been saying this from day one with No Shaming mm -hmm. the Home Game. If it helps one person, it's, it's worth so it. Because if that one person turns around and helps one person, I really sincerely hope we help more than one person. We've already helped two because Sarah and I are the first two members of the Joyful Support Movement. And we are active members of trying to do support each other our actually active members were working out the steps with one another and yeah when Lacey's dog passed away I was like oh I don't know what to do and I was like let's do yeah. the steps maybe I can do maybe this can be and then I, I I texted you like okay this is where I am this is what I'm doing I was doing the steps but using you as an accountability buddy just to get it out there so it wasn't just in my head and 
it feels good. It feels, like I'm not ruminating. I'm not spinning. It, it feels tangible and doable and, and achievable. I, I want to say, as the person who usually is the like consumer of support, there's been times where Sarah has sent me a message and been like, whoo, I am not feeling this and this today. And then usually I have a very similar feeling where I can just be like, oh, my gosh, me too. This thing's happening here. And then by me sharing, we are supporting each other. There is so much joy on the both sides of the giving and the taking of support that there's some magic. And we want other people to have that magic, too. Oh, it's magic. Oh, that's the words, right? I don't know where you could tell I was like, is this the word? Yes, it is. We can make it whatever we, we want. But yeah, can. those are words. So I just I also when I think of I'm, I don't think I've said this out loud, Sarah. When I think about my life and what I am passionate about and what I've always tried to pursue, it has been in this realm of wanting to help people, but do it in a way where I am fun and authentically myself. I mean, fun to myself. I don't necessarily think people think I'm entertaining, but I'm having fun doing it. So at this point, we're just rolling with it. And myself, and I get to be who I am and in so many different places, I'm like, oh, this is that underlying thing. And I am so excited to have a name for it because that's also kind of part of what I, this has been like an awakening for me of like, well, no, I, this is what I love. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I want out in the world. Same here with every, with everything I've done, it's always been helping. That's what feels good to me. And it's just like every iteration of what I've been doing as an entrepreneur has been able to help more. I love how this is just magnifying that to a whole nother level. And it's, it's really, yeah, it's really cool to say, what do you work in? Joy. I work in joy and support. <laughs> Dispensing Thank joy. You. Thank you. Please. Thank you. That's just, yeah, that is, it's so beautiful. I just, it's unbelievable. I agree. Wait, I, no, I can't say it's unbelievable. It cool. is believable. I shouldn't say that because words have meaning and power. It's so beautiful. I am in awe. I think I've learned so much about myself in the past year. Because when your life blows up, you really do. You have to step back. And I've really learned to go deep into what makes me happy. What do I get fuel from? What do I enjoy? And that kind of stuff. And it just nice to take a moment and be like I never could have imagined so when you say unbelievable that's what I think of not that it's not possible just that oh my brain and I had known previously could have never yes so here we are and I'm really freaking excited I love the contrast of you saying that so calmly and I'm really well, freaking I, excited <laughs> I'm an excitable individual that has always been part of my personality literally my tagline at one of my old jobs was I'm just excited to be here. like that's what I would say sometimes to get a good laugh that when I when I do my like really like soft I'm really freaking excited it's the me and me that's being like calm down Lacey you're being a little too much just say the words let it happen just let yeah, it happen it's like the dog when it's like when the dog's really excited and they're trying to stay serious, but their tail's going a million miles an hour. No, just stay serious. serious. Just be serious. I'm really excited. So. I love that. Well, should we close out with our moment of gratitude? Oh, yes. I think that's a great idea, Sarah. I have so much I have to think about. Do you already have yours? 
Sometimes I have a running list, but this morning, I, today I was like, oh, I'll just go with what I did this morning, which was I had the opportunity to be interviewed for another podcast called And Bo by Dr. Ashley Blackington. And she has a company called Dovetail, which is amazing. And it was just one of those magical times where we clicked and connected and we could have talked all day. And it was like that whole state of flow where it just didn't even notice time. And I actually realized a little late that I had not changed the time on my clock. So I actually thought we'd been talking for a whole hour longer than we really had. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I got to get ready for Lacey. But it was beautiful because she is passionate. It's the same ways we are about helping others. And she's doing it through her planners and organizers and helping family systems. And it's so beautiful. But it's, yeah, I guess when you connect with like-minded yeah. people, it feels really good. So I'm thankful for like-minded me. Lacey, do you I do. You I've got it. I am grateful for normalcy. I'm grateful for a normal, regular day where everybody gets up and goes and does whatever that normal day looks like for them. For me, it's my family leaving the house. I needed today. My family's been home, and I love them. I hope it's clear that I love my family than anything. Could not ask for more. But son of a bee sting, when they all left this morning, I don't need to do anything extra. I can just go get groceries, which I went and got groceries and put them away myself. I, for some of you, you would know that like kind of a really big deal for me. It's fine. And like I did some work and I checked things off my to-do list. I made myself a sandwich. Like I just am having a normal day. Yay. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Lacey. Thanks for listening to No Shame in the Home Game. We hope you can take a little nugget of goodness to use in your own home. Remember to subscribe to the podcast in the player of your choice, like us on social media, rate and review, and share us with all of your friends and maybe a couple of non-friends if you want. You can always visit joyfulsupportmovement.com to learn more about No Shame in the Home Game and other joyful support podcasts. While you're there, you can join the newsletter or sign up for the Joyful Support Village. Now go out there and spread some joy.